Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward, and you are tuned into Civic Cypher. Yes, you are. And we got a lot for you to stick around for. Um, today, we're going to be talking about some, some stuff that uh, comes up in life. And in particular, uh, the past couple of weeks, we've had to have some really strange conversations and we've also kind of encountered some stuff on the internet that let us know that common sense is not all that common. Not um, even kind of. Yeah, yeah. And and that's okay because we're here to learn. So we're not picking anybody apart. We're not, you know, trying to tear anybody down. But again, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about uh, this strange question, you know, are, are white people smarter than black people? Or are black people less intelligent than white people you know and there are people who sincerely feel like they have the full story because they have test scores or you know, whatever whatever it is that they think that they have to kind of um, validate that belief and we're going to talk about that today we're also going to talk about what we call code switching but um basically um we're going to talk about how black people in this country are inherently bilingual. I think that was uh, something that uh, I heard a comedian say that's once a upon good, a time. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So we have to, you know, uh, I, I heard a, a non-black woman recently said that when she was growing up, black people used to speak jive to her. Jive. Yeah, so that tells you when she's Shout from. out to the 70s. Yeah, man. And so. the 60s. And uh, shout out to Cheryl. She's a sweetheart. And we got a whole lot more for you to stick around for as well. Uh, but first and foremost, we'd like to start at the top with what we like to call Ebony Excellence. Q? Shall we? We shall. All right. So this week's Ebony Excellence is sponsored by Hip Hop Weekly Media. And the article comes from Maureen Times. Uh, it's not a subject we talk about all that often on the show. So, you know, taking any too many dives. Yeah. In the military. Marine Times. So uh, the article reads, one Marine will make core history by becoming the first uh, black by becoming the first black woman to serve as a two-star general in the service. President Joe Biden appointed Brig Jen Lorna Maylock to the grade of major general. The Pentagon announced on December 6th and the Senate confirmed her uh, recently. Maylock is the deputy director of cybersecurity for combat support at the National Security Agency at Fort Meade, Maryland. Born in Kingston, Jamaica, Maylock immigrated to Brooklyn, New York at the age of 17 in 1985. According to a biography written by Marquette University, she enlisted in the Marine Corps three months later and became an air traffic controller. She received her commission through the Women Marines Association. She has amassed multiple higher degrees, including two master's degrees in strategic studies from the U.S. Army War College and the Naval Postgraduate School, Marine Corps Times previously reported. Maylock was nomina nominated to the grade of Brigadier General in 2018, and she became the first black woman to achieve that rank. One of the smallest military branches, the Marine Corps has the lowest percentage of women among its troops at 9%. Only three women in the Corps history have picked up the rank of Lieutenant General, and all three of them are retired. So today we are going to highlight you and applaud you, Lorna Maylock, for making black history and for being a shining example of ebony excellence. Keep going. Brigade General 
Lorna Maylock. Yes, sir. That's incredible. Indeed it is. So, All right. So let's talk about uh, how smart we are. Isn't that weird? That's a weird thing to talk about. I talk about how smart Ramses is stop, all the time. Stop, stop, so stop. I don't think it's very strange at all. Okay. Um, so we uh, basically uh, for today's segment, we had to pull some back and forth stuff off of the internet just to kind of help paint a picture. But before we get there, I want to get your early thoughts on this um, topic, Q. I mean, sure. Go for it. So my, my early thoughts on which topic well specifically specifically whether or not black people are uh less intelligent than white people or asian people well hasn't all the research already proven that we are by far the lesser of the intelligent creatures (laughs) this is sarcasm ladies and gentlemen this is sarcasm i I thought that's what it said sarcasm this is sarcasm well um you know what? I to your point, Q. If you grew up um, in the U.S. and uh, you weren't educated in a way that um, prevents a lot of how would I describe it? Um, cultural and. Uh, let's be honest, white supremacist based ideals to take root in your brain, you might think that, right? Um, I know this is true for me. Once upon a time, I found myself, I, I always took tests well. Um, and, uh, you know, I got good marks in class and all that sort of stuff. And Eventually, they start kind of separating you from the people that are your age mm-hmm. into smaller classes where you have there's less students and you get more intense education. Yeah, it's more engaging. Sure, sure. They call it uh, when I got to high school, they would call it honors classes. But, you know, this has kind of been a story of my life. Um, they would take me out of my normal classroom setting and put me into a special class for gifted kids. Right. And. Every time they did that, I found that there were less, even less, um, people of color. And that was a norm for, you know, school. You know, that was just kind of normal how it went. Um, and I guess if I were to take that and just accept it as face value, I would think that overwhelmingly uh, white children are more intelligent than black and brown children right but that's not the full story and it's it's strange that you're taught that um and it's strange that people push back against things like critical race theory when i talked about earlier when i mentioned that white supremacist ideals and institutions that kind of bolster and fortify these notions they don't uh, this attack on crt which is effectively american history that seeks to tell the whole story and paints a fuller picture so that people get the nuance and they understand, okay, opportunities exist in these areas and they don't exist to the same degree in these other areas. And then you have results that reflect that um, in society. Um, Without that, you end up kind of like me, just thinking that, oh, this is normal. I, I am in rare air in this classroom, right? So, um, 
I'll read a bit from the uh, online conversation that we were having. Um, uh, the question was posed, uh, don't most black people have lower IQ than whites? Uh, and then it goes on to say that, um, you know, if you believe in evolution, black folks look different as do Asians and Caucasians. Evolution doesn't stop with skin pigment. In other words, black people are less evolved, right? And it's, it's again, maybe these ideas are the result of a person being hateful, um, ignorant, you know, whatever. But maybe a person who draws a conclusion like this is simply trying to state their reality in plain terms. And, and they may not question why their reality is the way that it is, which is what we seek to do on this show. Mm -hmm. Why? Were we born to be poor and get beat up by the police? Are we criminal? You know what I mean? Like you go to Africa, it's not like that, you know? Are we whatever whatever stereotype you think that is true of black people? There's different circumstances in this country that um, shape outcomes, and those circumstances are often overlooked. Which is why, on this show, at least, we really fought very hard and continue to fight to make sure that the whole story is told and that education uh, includes American history and the origins of. Um, the origin story of black people in this country and everything in between. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll uh, go down to the answer because now that the question is posed, the irony here is extremely pain painful, suppressing urge to engage in ad hominem. Thomas Sowell discovered old military mental test results. Now, just so you know, Thomas Sowell is not a person I'm a big fan of. Uh, I don't agree with, a lot of his thinking, but just so you know, to give you some context, he's a black conservative, uh, very educated man and just has a, a, what I believe to be a flawed belief system, you know? Um, but, uh, he, I, I wouldn't say that he doesn't love his people. I, I can't say he might not, but I don't know that to be true. Um, I just believe that he and I <laughs> would, would certainly take different paths to get to the same result. In other words, I'm allowing this moment for him because even a broken clock is right, you know, twice a day. Um, all right, let's go on. Uh, differences in mental test scores among different racial and ethnic groups were taken as proof of genetic differences in innate mental ability during the progressive era in the early 19th and sorry, in the early 20th century. Progressives regarded the fact that the average IQ test score among whites was higher than the average among blacks as conclusive proof of genetic determinism, right? So again, if you just take those test scores at face value, well, women lie, men lie, numbers don't lie, right? That's one way to put it. Yeah, but as we know, and I wouldn't be talking about this if it, uh, if it weren't true, um, that's not the whole story. In fact, often enough, when there are numbers, there is a much deeper story there because we've learned on this show that numbers can be made to look any kind of way, especially if you don't tell the whole story. So I'll continue. A closer look at mental test data, however, shows that there were not only individual blacks with higher IQs than most whites, but also whole categories of whites who scored at or below the mental test scores of blacks. Hmm. All right, let's keep going. 
Among American soldiers given mental tests during the First World War, for example, white soldiers from Georgia, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Mississippi scored lower on mental tests than black soldiers from Ohio, Illinois, New York, and Pennsylvania. Okay? So well, by that time, there was access to education. It was okay to learn how to read. It was not uh, still illegal to teach uh, either current or former slaves anything, et cetera, et cetera. It's a progressive time. And of course, the black people were from progressive cities, right? And again, the white soldiers from uh, Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, you know what I mean? Their Their education system may not have matured uh, to the point where it could be competitive um, with the education system in a big city where the black folks, you know, scored higher than those white folks. So what you're seeing now is a perhaps uh, geographical correlation with these test scores that is more profound, certainly more striking and more um, telling than okay black people scored lower white people scored higher right and from this alone you can see the direction that this is going and i'm going to save the rest of this um reading uh just for a bit but you can draw your own conclusions and uh for those who may not be able to draw the conclusions all the way out um i'm going to help both q and i are going to help so um if from that we can we can agree that where you grow up has an effect on your education then perhaps there had there's something to do with the quality of education right because again in progressive cities you know the school systems seem to educate people uh better than in more rural areas less developed you know states and and parts of the country um, so again, the quality of the education matters, right? But um, let's take it a step further. Um, how is education funded? Well, um, education is funded with property taxes, right? So you pay your property taxes on your house, that goes to your local education, you know, your school board and on and on, right? So the, it stands to reason that if you have a neighborhood, we'll call it, you know, or a part of town where it's more affluent, the houses are nicer, taxed at a higher rate, et cetera, schools are nicer, that that quality education might be more prevalent in the test scores. It might be reflected in the test score. Meanwhile, on the other side of town where um, maybe folks are making less money, um, maybe those people are working longer hours, maybe those people are dealing with other social issues, socioeconomic issues, etc. Um, the education received by the students might be inferior. Add to that that, um, you know, I, I knew a teacher uh for some years who worked in a, a rough part of town and uh she was a high school too 
And she used to ask me, um, you know, once upon a time, uh, I used to get clothes and shoes given to me because I was on the radio, you know, and the companies would send out boxes of shoes. I get the five pairs of shoes. I'm not going to wear these. They send me a bunch of clothes. I'm not going to wear all in my size. And um, I would donate a lot of these to this teacher. Well, she just asked me for it because I was, if I'm honest, probably bragging one day, like, man, I got all this stuff. I'm never going to wear it. And she says, give it to me. Um, I can give it to my students. And she said, in particular, I have one student who um, has to wear the same thing every day. And uh, he's embarrassed to come to school. So he doesn't come because he only has, you know, I, he won't tell me about his home life because he's worried that it'll get worse. So I don't know his circumstances, but I know he's always hungry and he always wears the same clothes. And so I says, yes, absolutely. Here you go. Right. And that turned into me giving more and really it turned into her having a conversation with me. And she says, Ramses, um, a lot of the students that I teach are constantly in survival mode. That is their reality. 100% of it is survival mode. They don't have room for education. They don't care what the, you know, the, the Pythagorean theorem of, you know, a triangle and the isosceles and, the, you know, none of that. They don't care about any of that. They worry about where they're going to eat because they didn't eat yesterday and they're hungry right now and they can't focus. And they spent all last night crying and they haven't been home in four days. Right. And it's not every student that comes from that environment, but it's yeah, a lot more far prevalent. Too many. It's right. not, it's not one or two. You know right. what I mean? Like it's not every, but it's a lot. Right. Um, and she believed, just like the United Negro College Fund, that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And she saw the potential in these students because she was a teacher. She could see that they had the, the base level intelligence upon which you can build a brilliant mind. It just needed the knowledge. The framework was all there. But she couldn't pour into a mind that wasn't focused and that was hungry. You know, your brain is a funny thing. I had to learn this, you know, partially through her, but, you know, my own studies kind of revealed a lot of this to me. And that's that, you know, your mind is built to protect itself. Your mind will protect itself. Even if you are under attack, your physical body is under attack. Your mind will just turn off to protect itself from getting damaged and you need to be awake. You know what I mean? Your mind will, it's a higher functioning uh, part of you. It's the mind brain. And if that's not in alignment with your agenda, then you're, you're going to lose that fight 100% of the time, right? So with that said, we can still recognize that environment and resources have a lot to do with this, right? If we're using test scores as the metric, okay? Um, let's also account for the fact that in other parts of the world they center education very differently than we do in this country yes indeed right um education is of the utmost importance in uh, other parts of the world in particular um in southeast asia east asia and southeast asia um where you know their test scores are often compared to the scores of you know u.s students and, and they're typically higher across the board, regardless sure. of race or gender. Sure. And again, uh, that is a reflection of some cultural differences there. Bear in mind that in this country, the education system, I'm drawing from memory now, but the education system was largely built uh, as a result of John D. Rockefeller's expansion 
of his empire in New York City. He needed workers to build those skyscrapers. And those workers had to have uh, certain skills, certain knowledge. And this is where you get the beginnings of standardized testing. You know, once upon, you think of Little House on the Prairie, there was a schoolhouse, all the kids were in the same school, all different ages and grades or whatever, all doing the same thing. Well, John D. Rockefeller comes along and says, look, man, I need people to know these skills so that, you know, these buildings are built properly. Who amongst you can do this? Right. Okay, I need all y'all to come with me. Right, exactly. And he partnered with the Board of Education or really established the Board of Education in the New York, in New York, which was then replicated elsewhere in the country to where we ended up with what we have now. This wasn't always the case. It's always been the case in our lifetime, sure, but it wasn't the case since the 1600s. That just isn't the way this has come about. And, um, you know, the result of that is that the education system had to be built around seasonal work. A lot of young people still had to go in the summers and harvest with their families because a lot of people, you know, worked in farms. This is why we get summers off and in other countries, they don't. They go to school year round. Um, you know, they treat school like it's work, not like it's uh, something that you have to do in order to, you know, not go to jail. It's work. You work hard and you create opportunities for yourself. Right. And in a lot of these places, when you get out, you don't even have those opportunities. Like, you know, this is the land of opportunity. They're the land of education. And it's, it's strange how that kind of fleshed out. But again, we're talking about test scores, which is the, I guess, the accepted method of determining who's smart and who's not. So it's a lot trickier than... It's a simple method. It's an unsophisticated... Very, very overly simplified unsophisticated method. method of trying to determine who's smart and who's not. So let me jump back in and read a little bit more here. Among other groups of whites, those with average mental test scores no higher than the average mental test scores among blacks included those in varied, various isolated mountain communities in the United States. Those living in the Hebrides Islands off of Scot Scotland and those in isolated canal boat communities in Britain. Looking at achievements in general, people living in geographically isolated environments around the world have long lagged behind the progress of people with, with a wider cultural universe, regardless of the race of the people in these isolated places. When the Spaniards discovered the Canary Islands in the 15th century, they found people of a Caucasian race living at a Stone Age level. Um, and then the conversation here uh, goes on. I just want to read this because I think it's pretty cool. Uh, that's all I'm willing to give you on this question. Using common sense, you will only be able to determine this properly if everyone is equally given a good education that is consistent across the board and over a substantial period of time. And I don't think we have ever seen that. There are definitely many, many, many black people with higher IQs than you. I like the sass at the end of that. Um but also, um, I like the end of that too. Yeah, it was it was it was petty they in a perfect kind of way. Very specifically petty. Um, but you know, this is uh, this is something that's it, it, it. A lot of people need to challenge themselves because I know that you've heard this cue, and I've heard it certainly. Um, you know, I like you 
it's your people. I've heard oh, those you, words. you talk. I've heard those words specifically. Like sure. Those exact words that you said. I believe it. And, you know, oh, you, uh, why, you talk so nice. Why can't everybody, you know, talk like you? Why don't yeah. your people talk like you? That I had sort to of give thing. an example of a conversation like that to a white coworker today, right? That we end up in these rooms where that's the conversation that we're being had. And we talk about the oversimplification of determining who's smart. Mm -hmm. I heard someone say it. I can't credit the right person because it's not top of mind right now. But if you judge the intelligence of a fish on its ability to fly, <laughs> <laughs> every fish would fail and it would spend his whole life thinking it's stupid and this is an injustice uh to six-year-old ramses having lived a life thinking that we were just supposed to be poor and you know i, I was a person that i don't know, got luck who knows we're gonna give you guys more on this topic uh I want us to look over this uh, interview that Neil deGrasse Tyson did just on the basis of racism and anthropology. So we'll follow up on that on another episode. Yeah, um, actually, I'm pretty excited to do that as well.